You're listening to a podcast from Victory. We are called to choose between two treasures, two visions, and two masters. Learn more about God and possessions in week 11 of our series, Redefined. If you have your Bibles, would you turn it to Matthew 6, verse 19 down to verse 24. For the past months, I think 12 weeks, uh, 11 weeks, we're going through only two books, Matthew 5 and Matthew 6. Just to show to you how deep, how rich the Word of God is. And so we'd like to encourage you, as you read your Bible, hindi naman to pahabaan ng pagbasa ng Bible, but really for you to go deeper, like if this week, if this ministered to you, I want you to go back to Matthew 6, verse 19 to 24, take down notes, pray over the Scripture, Talk to the Lord using the scripture. Get a study Bible so that you can have different angles of the text that we've just talked about this week. Today we'll look up about laying up treasures in heaven. Matthew 6.19 it says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, as a pastor, who wants to be rich? It is our heart that every member of this church be rich. I want you to really be rich. And that's our heart. We want everyone here to have lots of money. And if you look at scripture, there's a lot of verses that talks about prayers of blessings and how in letters they would write that you might prosper, not just in money, but even in health. So if you look at scripture, those are the blessings given uh, even to the church. We want everybody here to be rich, right? Tissue paper mo, pera, okay, but what we're saying is we want you to be rich. But the problem is, when it comes to the definition of rich, we all have different definition. The world will have a different definition of rich. And for the past 11 weeks, we've been looking at Jesus talking to the disciples. Yung context po, yung background was, Jesus was talking to the disciples on the mountaintop. He wasn't talking to everybody else. He gathered all the disciples and he, when he saw the crowd, he went up to the mountain and told the disciples, come with me, I'm going to teach you something. This was reserved for the ears of the believers because he wanted to challenge a lot of the normal worldview and perspective the disciples had down the mountain. And so now, with all this talk on the mountaintop, the transformation will now happen as they see, wow, this is how God views for our topic this week, wealth. And so when they go down, it would change how they would now act and view and make decisions regarding wealth. Right? And so he talks about, do not lay up for yourselves treasures here on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Why? For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Now, now for this afternoon, we're going to ask the question, how to be rich? Paano ba And we'll look at first the word rich. Right? And so God gives now two, not options, but two perspectives when it comes to wealth. He says, either we lay up treasures in heaven, or we lay up treasures here on earth. Now, the Lord wasn't saying, 
I don't want you to be rich on earth. I hope you understand. That's why there were a lot of verses about blessings and how the harvest would be plentiful and how you are going to be rich, right? There's a lot of prayers on the Bible regarding that. So don't think pagdating sa Christianity, dapat mahirap ka para mas holy ka. I think that's an unbiblical teaching. But it also doesn't mean na pag mahirap ka, hindi ka favored ni Lord. Again, we go back to the definition of what rich is. During one of my seminars, I think this was three, four years ago, I was in a car, I brought my wife with me, and while in the car, she said, can I make a suggestion? I said, okay, what is your suggestion, oh beautiful one? (laughs) And she said, you've been talking about wealth and financial management. It is a thing that we had a burden with, uh, being surrounded with sila chinky, sila randel. You know, it's a burden that you have to see Filipinos learning how to save money and make their money grow. And it is a ministry that we've entered into the marketplace outside the church walls. And so we would make seminars and we would go to different organizations and companies and we would do financial seminars. So during, after one of those seminars, Tammy was talking to me, Sabi you know what? Uh, I like the seminars, but there's something missing. I said, what's missing? Do you want to do the seminar? So she said, just a suggestion. Most of the time, you teach about two perspectives when it comes to wealth, two views of wealth. So, I mean, the first one, you teach about short-term. A lot of people, they think short-term when it comes to wealth. What that means is, once the money comes, it goes. Right? And a lot of people are very wasteful. They have a short-term view of wealth. And you address that on your talks. Now, the second perspective is, he says the long-term perspective when it comes to wealth. And this is what you teach and what I hear a lot of Christians would teach, where you teach about investments, making the money grow, cultivating what God has given you, and those are all good. You teach about delayed gratification, you teach about uh, saving up now so that when you retire, as you all know, 95% of Filipinos, when they retire, they have no retirement money. It's sad. Poverty will continue to increase in our nation in the midst of prosperity because people are financially illiterate. And that's why seminars that teach you how to think long-term is very helpful. So I said, yeah, yeah, you know, it's so nice. Our seminars are so nice. But she said, but there's something different that I believe when you teach it outside, they might not accept it. But because we're citizens of the kingdom of God, we need to have this. I said. So I was curious, what's the third perspective? All I know is short term and long term. And she said, you know, you're missing one perspective that's very important. It's what you call eternal perspective. Right? That was, that was a gem. That was a treasure. Just the one line. You know, you have to start teaching finances with an eternal perspective. That it's not just all about life here on earth, but life eternal. How do you make your money impact eternity? Because we're Christians. And so we need to have an eternal perspective. And I believe this is what the Lord was saying on the mountain. He was saying, you you cannot think short term. For sure, it would be a waste of money and blessing. And you don't just think long term, where it's all about acquiring wealth and buying a house, having real estate, having a financial portfolio. As Christians, we are to think with an eternal perspective. 
Do not lay up for yourselves treasures here on earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. I'll give you a classic story. This happened, I think, three weeks ago. Uh, my dad, during the 90s, uh, my dad is a hard-working Chinese guy, still working until now, and uh, made it big in business. And I remember during the 90s, late 90s, I think 98, 99, he purchased a car, and it was a Volvo car, second-hand. But it was like, Volvo, right? So it was like new for us because we have Corolla, and now there's this Volvo, okay? This is not the actual car, but that's how it looks, even the color. It was a 1996 Volvo. He loved it so much that nobody can drive this car. I think I drove this after five years. This is how much he loved the car because for him, this is a sign that I've made it in life. I have a Volvo. Right? Do you know that this Volvo still exists until now? But three weeks ago, my brother, who now has the Volvo, because it kept going back to the car repair shop, he says, I know somebody who can repair Volvos, and he was able to repair it. Now, during the conversation, he said, now, I said, he said, I have a problem. I have this Volvo, and I have no more parking space. First world problems, okay. I had it repaired for this certain amount. It was so cheap. The amount was so cheap. And he said, if anybody in this table would want this Volvo for this amount, just pay me this amount, the amount that I... Made for the repair, the Volvo's yours. Of course, everybody was looking because I was the only one with the two-car garage with one car. And it was dirt cheap. But I said, no, I don't need the Volvo because I have Uber. Okay, no, okay, but... <laughs> I didn't take the Volvo that night because I know if it needs to be repaired, it would cost more than what I shelled out. But imagine... Just 15, 16 years ago, this was like Volvo. Now it's like, get the Volvo, please. Yours, no, no, yours, no, no. Imagine the value of that car. When in the 90s you ride that car, you look handsome. Now you ride that car, you go to the talier. Okay? It goes down in value. And the world will market to us, you need this. Lay up for yourselves treasures here on earth so you'll look good. That's why the famous photo of the Bilinias today is to stand beside a sports car or a Volvo or a Mercedes because they think it would bring up your status in life. Newsflash! It won't. Nobody wants to get the Volvo. Do you want? I think nobody would want to get that Volvo. Short-term thinking. We think if I have this, this would build up my identity. If I only have this certain amount of money, if only I have... Imagine during the 90s, my goal was, 1996, my goal was, if only I have 100,000 pesos. Man, 100,000. I got my 100,000 when I was 16 years old, working for the family. It didn't help. I never got the girl. Imagine 100,000 now, 2017. The value goes down. Imagine. 
When you think that is my security, that's why the Bible commands us, Jesus commands us, do not lay up for yourselves treasures here on earth. Some of us, we think long term. You know, when I retire by the age of 60, 65, you know, I'll have the life. I'll just enjoy. I've accumulated all the wealth. And now I'm going to use it for my enjoyment. Uh, When we were in a vacation once, I overheard a couple saying during a 10-day vacation on a cruise that my friend gave us because he won a raffle ticket. We were there in Europe for a 10-day cruise, all expense paid. But we heard a couple saying, you know what? All our hard work, it's worth it for 10 days. The world's perspective is so far from the Christian perspective. I hear that and I say, I pity that man who would say all his hard work is worth it for just 10 days on a cruise. Wow. How many people work so hard day in and day out, sacrificing time with family, sacrificing health, sacrificing even their faith. For what? Can you bring that to heaven? Can you bring it in the afterlife? Long term, thinking na If I only work hard, I can get this property. I can get this much car. I could have this much security. And then what happens when you die? And we've seen this happen. Left and right, among friends, among relatives. Super kaduper yaman. Depressed. Dahil hindi na siya mahal niya. Iniwan siya ng pamilya. Sobrang daming pera, bakasyon, left and right. And then, sickness comes. And everything you work for without an eternal perspective, does it really matter now? Those are hard questions. Especially for Chinese people like me. Work, 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 work. Wala kaming Sabbath nun. Growing up, we never had a vacation where everybody's complete. Somebody had to stay in the store. And this is not a joke. Sometimes we make it a joke. Sino magbabantay na tindahan? Tapos tatawag, hindi, totoo. Ako? Yeah, ikaw. Nasa Japan lahat, nasa tindahan ka, kumakain ng chicken joy. Because the perspective is, we need more wealth. We need to guard this. This is our security. Would you consider that rich? Eternal perspective. This is tied up to the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. It's tied up to the kingdom. Am I doing something that would impact eternity? That would impact people's lives? Not just food for a day, but even their soul will be saved because of the money that I put into the kingdom. Eternal perspective. The meaning of rich becomes different. I know as what I said when when I was young, we were brainwashed when we were young, since we were Chinese. All of us are going to be successful business people. Kaya sa college pa lang, working student na ako. We work, uh, would ride the jeep, go to Divisoria, 
We work really hard. And that's where we got, uh, where, where I got a taste of wealth. Because even at first year college, I was already working. And we were exposed to all the work, the dirty work. And you cannot complain. Because as you know, life is hard. So you work hard. So kahit na lasal student ka, nagjijim, So powis, you know. And you go to the Visoria, so putik. But then it was like, no, this is something you do. Sacrifice, hard work, acquire wealth. But here was the funny thing, and my parents would scold me because of this. Literally, when I was single, when I was 20 years old, every week I go to their room, and I say, Pa, Ma, I feel like I'm so poor. I don't have money, not like you. See, I would complain. <laughs> my, daddy, my dad would smirk. What are you saying? You don't even think about breakfast. The next day you go down, there's breakfast for you. You're poor. Look at you, you're obese. <laughs> you're, not, you're not poor. Reklamo ako. Dadabog ka Lord naman. Siinit. Aircon muna ako. Lord naman. Naka-Eurotex foam ka pa. Grumbling to the Lord in an air-conditioned room how poor I am. Why? Because I couldn't see. My perspective of rich was different. I was following the ways of the world. Peg ko si ganito. Gusto ko maging ganito. Kiyosaki, Trump, di ba? Yan yung mga peg mo. Yeah. Uncle Henry, di ba? And this is true. Imagine the, the resting in my soul because I feel like I was not rich. I don't have an eternal perspective. Pag wala kang eternal perspective about wealth, mahirap ka palagi. Di mo magalaw pera mo, di ka makapagbigay. You can't even be generous. Why? There's no eternal perspective on wealth. You feel like it's all about, I need to acquire now because this would bring me security. You will lose your purpose even when it comes to wealth. You cannot pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. Why? Lord, because I'm busy building my kingdom. And that's why, Lord, I do my business plan, I strategize, and after that, I say to the Lord, Lord, bless. Because there's no eternal perspective. It's just a long-term perspective. Citizens of the kingdom would be different. That's why Jesus spoke about this on the mountaintop. Why? I speak this in a finance seminar outside the church. People would say, ah, crazy, crazy talk. What is talking about eternity? Everything is about here. I need it now. I need to experience it now. I need the status. Jesus is saying, no. We live with an eternal perspective. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? What was Jesus saying? He was saying, if your vision about wealth is wrong, it will all be darkness. You can't see. You won't even see the needs of the people. It will be darkness. You feel like social injustice? You're part of it. All your problems, though first world, you think it's a third world problem. Why? Because greed has blurred your vision of what it means to be rich. If you look at another version, whether you have a good eye or a bad eye when it comes to wealth, he says, your eyes are windows into your body. If you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. 
If you see money with an eternal perspective, I do not lay up treasures in earth, but in heaven, becomes full of light. You now see, wow, I'm so wealthy. I'm so rich. But, the Bible says, if you have squinty-eyed in greed and distrust, your body is a dank cellar. If you pull the blinds on your windows, what a dark life you will have. You couldn't even see. Why? Greed. Number one, kaaway natin, greed. We want what? More. I need more. I want more. This will not satisfy. Kailangan pa. Because in your mind, in the first place, you're not rich. That's why you want more. So greed comes in. That's why I lost my money when I was 23. Lost almost everything before I got married because I was greedy. Invested in a scam, thinking it will work without working. Church leader na ako nun, huh? Godly in the eyes of the world, but motivated by greed. Everything was about the money. God had to do something in my heart. And the only way to do it was to take away all my money. Bakit, Lord? <laughs> okay. Kami na ni Lord John. Okay. <laughs> but God had to do something. For me, it's a lesson. It's a very valuable life lesson to not go back in greed. There's always going to be a wrestling in your heart that it's never enough. That's what greed does. Greed will tell you it is never enough. Greed destroys a lot of people. Tells you you need more. The question you have to ask as Christians, as citizens of the kingdom of God, how much is enough? Paano mo malaman enough is enough? I think if I go around the room, some of you will give a certain answer. If there's this certain amount, which is my financial goal, this is enough. If ever I get this, or if ever I get a love life with four kids, that's enough. Right? Or if there's a certain million that I'm aspiring for, it is enough. How much is enough? Okay. I want you to be all ears to listen to how much is enough for the kingdom of God. You will know how much is enough by doing this. I want you tonight, when you go home, look around and assess. Count your car. Measure your house. Look at your wife. Look at your kids. Open the ref. Open your cabinet. Because what you have now, that is enough. That's enough. If you're here today and you understand my English, you know you're, you're rich, right? Because my English is sophisticated. <laughs> no, no. Pang Chinese. My accent. You understand. When you turn on your electric fan tonight, you're rich. We complain a lot today. Imagine the complaints we have today. I think a month ago we complained. Walang Uber, what will happen to my life? Wow! 
I had friends saying, yeah, whoa, I rode the taxi. Whoa. Three years ago, taxi mo pag may commission ka, taxi ngayon, Uber, Uber. First world problems. You talk about Uber, maybe 70% of the Filipino workforce would feel that you're insulting them. Why? Because they line up hours in the MRT. And here we are complaining about no Uber. And I have to ride the taxi. Wow, lucky ng problema natin, Barge. Some of our problems. Why do we... That, you know why you complain about no Uber and Malikabok? You know why? Because construction is booming. Filipinos now can afford Uber. Yumayaman tayo. That's why you complain. You see, it will never be enough. And that's why Jesus was so wise enough to command us, do not lay out for yourselves treasures here on earth. Do not be full of greed. Why? You'll be, your, your vision will be blur of what richness really means. Can you really go back to your house, whether it's a 25 square meter bedroom house or a 150 square meter house and say, this is actually enough. Because if that is not enough, then you're not content. You feel like you need to have more. Are you getting the point? If you feel like your house now is not enough, there's no way you're going to help others. Why? Ikaw palang not enough eh. Why will I give? Gutom pa ako. You can't give what you don't have. Even if you have it, because you have a poverty mindset, you can not even give. You can't even see the social injustices in this world because you feel, I myself am part of the injustice of the world. That's why I cannot give. Tandaan every time you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, there is somebody who's just eating pancit canton for the day. Every time you whine that you can't ride an Uber, somebody's walking 2-3 kilometers to school every day. Perspective. You're not as poor as you think you are. You're actually very rich. So many people would want to be in your shoes. But then, we're not just long-term thinkers. We're kingdom people. And we have an eternal perspective. As long as I eat three times a day and somebody eats once a day, there is social injustice. I need to do something about it. I might as well let go of my snack for the day because I need to feed somebody else. Kingdom perspective. Who will move? Who will help? The church. Titingin ang mundo sa simbahan. Pag may earthquake, may bagyo, sa simbahan, may ginagawa ba yung simbahan dyan sa Bimol? Bakit? Because we preach this every week. And if we do nothing, we're just talking. We're just tickling ourselves here. And we don't see prosperity and richness in its right definition. Proverbs 28:22 says, A man with an evil eye hastens after riches and does not consider that poverty will come upon him. The pressure today is you have to get rich quick now. Look at your friends. They have the iPhone. They have this. They have that. You know, Ikaw, you need more. So people will respect you. Do you really want people to respect you because you have more? Do you really want to live that way? 
Oh, and only I have a house, people would listen to me. You really want those people to listen to you? Because you've proven yourself of your financial status? Are those the people you really want to listen to you? Because once all those riches are gone with one swipe of the Lord, will they listen to you? Rich. He who has a generous eye will be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. How's your vision of wealth? Are you a one with a generous eye who gives off? Or one who is stingy and thinking he's always poor, always trying to acquire and can never give? Don't have a getting vision. Oh, vision ko, I'll get this, I'll get that. Have a giving vision. Talk to your spouse, talk to your wife. Every year, annually, how much do we want to give? How much percentage of our money do we want to give away? Those should be the conversation of people of God. Oh, magkano bibigay natin dito? Because for you, you understand what I have now is enough. May mga magpapakasal ba dito? You're getting married this year? Yeah. Girl, that's enough. No, no, okay. Lang, okay. All right. You know, with all the pressure and the marketing, oh, I need this, I need that, it won't be complete. Banat lang naman dyan, mga guys. Ano eh? Hindi pa ba ako enough? Yeah. Yes. Sabi niya, hindi. Okay. Yeah. Bahala ka. Pinili mo yan. Okay. Lastly, the question is God or money? He says, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one or, and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Okay. I want you to look at this again, and I want you to see. You cannot serve two masters. The word master. When you say, he is my master, what does that mean? He owns what? Everything. One of my favorite songs during the 80s was a hymn called I Surrender All. Pastor Joash, alam mo to. Let me sing it to you. I surrender all, I surrender all. All to Jesus, all to Jesus. Basta, I surrender all. Or for the millennials today, you sing it. I'ma lay it down, I'ma lay it down. <laughs> I'ma lay it down. In. Okay. You give it your all, you know. We sing songs like this. But how come when it comes to money, we sing a different tune? I surrender 10%. I surrender tithes. You will open the floodgates of heaven. I surrender. You think God owns ten and you own everything. Hmm? The Bible says, no, you cannot serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other or despise the one and be devoted to the other. Why? God owns everything. If you get your wallet today and look at that wallet, kung may laman or wala, God owns everything. Yung shwina swipe mo God doesn't own that. There's nothing there. It's credit. 
all the money you have, imagine all the money you have in your bank account, that's God's. You go home, you look at your wife, that is God's. I look at all my four kids, they are all God's. God owns them. I look at our second hand car, this is God's, it's not mine. Everything I have is God's. I surrender all. Kaya ako, hindi ako nakikipag-debate sa mga, ano, sabi sa old, 10%? Ano ba? Ano ba? 10%? What? He owns everything. If the Spirit of God whispers to you and tells you, give 30% this Sunday, who am I to complain? Hindi ka pinapatulog ni Lord. 30%, 30%, 30%. <laughs> 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 You debate? You just gave your 10% and you go out and you're touched because somebody's asking for money and you feel like you have to give? I'm sorry, I gave my 10 already. Wow. You see, the point here is either God owns your money or your money owns you. And I want you to assess, I want you to assess. So many people we've heard. Because money owns them. They go to church with this perspective. Oh, but going to church? Okay. So, wait, wait, wait. If God is more valuable than money, your motivation to go into church shouldn't be that. But because money is more valuable than God, which means... If money is everything, God is nothing. Then, ang perspective mo sa buhay, palaging ganun. Wow, prayer and fasting, nakompleto ah. Siyempre, para ma-bless this year. You see, it just comes out. What is really valuable to you is not really God, but money. That's why you worship. Oh, my, my deal, my deal. Ginagawa mong kasino si Lord. Because you think money is more valuable than God. You do plans and then you say, God, please bless it. It just goes to show money is more valuable than God. And now, I don't have three steps for you on how to make God more valuable than money. It should be a conviction that would come from the Holy Spirit to change your perspective about life. That God is more valuable than money. Are we all tempted in this room to make money more valuable than God? I think so. I feel it at times. Oh, if I could only be like, oh, if I could only have more, you know. But then, we're kingdom people. We're citizens of the kingdom of God. And we have an eternal perspective. It's not just the money that I get now and I acquire now. It's how I'm going to use this money. Sabi ko nga, don't have a getting vision, have a giving vision. Lord, I want to give more for the kingdom. So many things we can do with the wealth that God has given us. So many things. This city will have no poor people. And I'm just counting victory members. If all 4,000 of us just gave 10%, I'm telling you, poverty is solved in San Juan. 
just victory. I'm not even adding JIL and all the other San Juan churches here. If everybody in this room have a kingdom mindset, we're going to change our city in six months. Or I will resign. <laughs> no, seriously. Burden. And then you study the stats of the city. You study how many evangelical Christians are in the Philippines. Wow! If all these thousands of people just gave 10%, I'm not even telling them, be generous, just give what God requires, 10%. Poverty will be solved. There will be less orphans and sex trafficking here. Why? The Christians are moving and doing something about it. Kingdom perspective. That's why we're preaching like this. We want you to get the kingdom perspective. We want you to understand when you pray, Our kingdom come, your, will, your, kingdom come, your will be done. It is, ma- it is going to make a difference on earth as it is in heaven. That's how powerful that prayer was. And so God had to change your mindset when it comes to wealth. The money you have, it's not yours, it's God's. You don't own that money. Because if you feel you own that money, then that money owns you. Can we bow down our heads and pray? Lord Jesus, we want to thank you for such a powerful story. It's a collection of verses that could literally change nations if your people would understand wealth, riches, and prosperity in your perspective. Lord, even as I pray that I want every member of this church to be rich, I pray, Lord, that that richness would not be defined by the world's standard, but would be defined by your standard. Lord, that we, you would give us a bigger and broader giving vision rather than a getting vision. Lord, as we build your house, as we become salt and light and go out, as we go and do social justice, helping the poor, funding the scholars, visiting prisons. Lord, I know, God, that your kingdom would have its effect in the city. So I pray, Lord, use me in whatever capacity, whether as a single man, a married man, a married woman, whether I'm a minimum wage earner or a millionaire. Lord, I pray that you would do something in my heart. Lord, that I would understand my business, my career, my wealth, my bank account, The physical money that I hold now, it's not mine, it's yours. And so, Lord, may we spend wisely. May we see our spending as sacred, our saving as sacred, our giving as sacred unto the Lord. Lord, I surrender. Not just 10%, I surrender all. I surrender my business. I surrender my finances, my relationships, my wealth, whatever I consider something or someone that makes me prosperous, I surrender. Jesus, do your work in my heart today. Lord, even as we go home,
as we look at what we have we can with with full conviction say this is enough thank you Jesus for your provision thank you Jesus that you're going to use me to change my world with the wealth that you entrust thank you for listening to this message for more messages like these from other victory centers please visit victory.org.ph slash resources slash podcasts